Hello again, my friends, and welcome back to Stew on This. I'm Stu Bittman. Thank you so much for listening. This one's called Getting Younger Every Year. I hope those of you in North America made good use of the hour we were granted, the extra hour. Speaking of extra hours, I realized lately that somewhere in the midst of fires and evacuations a couple of months ago that I, I turned 65. <laughs> it got lost in the shuffle a little bit, but lately... Um, it's been sinking in, shall we say. Perhaps my recent decision to have a hip replacement, though I've decided to postpone that until spring, has something to do with 65 sinking in. It's just a number, of course, but a kind of a significant one, only because of the fact that for most of my life, that number, 65, meant retirement age, meant Social Security and Medicare. In other words, it meant old. (laughs) Well, Yes, it's just a number. And other than my hip, I don't really have any reason to feel old. I remember asking my grandmother when she was about 90 years old how she was feeling, and she replied, when I'm sitting or lying down, I feel like I'm 18. (laughs) Well, I can relate to that. In many ways, it feels the same living in this body as it always did. And on the other hand, I also noticed some clear differences that are quite cool such as I've gotten much clearer on what's important in life, much more aware of when I've lost connection with what's important in life, much quicker to come back to it, much better at experiencing and expressing love. Folks, there's a Buddhist meditation practice in which you contemplate your own mortality and impermanence in order to discover more of how you want to live your life. Well, I haven't specifically been doing that, but maybe because I'm getting into some bigger age numbers, I'm really happy that I've practiced some things that are indeed how I want to live my life. And when I consider those things, I realize that what I've practiced essentially is becoming more like a young child. Hmm, isn't it ironic that we start as pure being And then we spend a lot of our lives having and thinking and doing. And then we have to work really hard to get back to where we were. (laughs) Well, be that as it may, young children are wonderful models for how I want to live my life from a place of love. So I thought I'd mention some ways that they demonstrate that. And then I get to throw in and intersperse some of my favorite quotes along the way. So the first thing that young children demonstrate to me that I would love to embody is more awe and wonder. Quote for that comes from one of my favorites, Thich Nhat Hanh, who said, People usually consider walking on water or in thin air a miracle. But I think the real miracle is not to walk on water or in thin air, but to walk on earth. Every day we are engaged in a miracle which we don't even recognize. A blue sky white clouds, green leaves, the black, curious eyes of a child, our own two eyes. All is a miracle. Hmm, breathe that in. And because they see all as a miracle, young children tend to be more present to life. Well, I can definitely still practice seeing all as a miracle by acknowledging and appreciating more of what I have and more of what I see. How about you? The next thing young kids demonstrate is what I call simplicity. (laughs) The quote comes from writer Charles Dudley Warner, who said, Simplicity is making the journey of this life with just baggage enough. 
love that. In my chiropractic career, I noticed that my level of success and fulfillment kept going up as we continued to make things more and more simple. Well, I think it works that way in life, too. I also think that simplifying our lives and letting go of the baggage we've chosen to lug around can be an ongoing process that bears fruit every step of the way. The next one is imagination. And the quote is from humorist Sam Levinson, who said, One of the virtues of being very young is that you don't let the facts get in the way of your imagination. (laughs) Well, we all still have an imagination, but perhaps young children use theirs a little more effectively. They don't tend to use their imaginations for creating worst-case scenarios, as you and I might sometimes do. They use theirs to create, to explore, to experience, and to learn. And we can do that, too. The next one is forgiveness. My mentor, Sigafoos, came up with this quote, which was, Be careful who you rent the upstairs to. Well, when I choose to judge and then hold grudges based on those judgments, I'm essentially letting someone live upstairs without even paying rent. Young children don't seem to hold grudges. I remember watching Ari with her friends playing and they were learning the concept of sharing and sometimes uh, things would blow up, but five seconds later they'd be hugging and laughing. She seemed to master, (laughs) or never have forgotten anyway, that dance of not judging the person, but just judging the behavior. So as you and I keep evicting those idle rumors from our minds, we're automatically freer to love. And finally, young children are generally just tuned in to the rhythm and the magic and the mystery of life. As poet William Stafford said, kids, they dance before they learn there is anything that isn't music. Ah, being more like a child is my goal and it doesn't mean that i won't continue to judge or to worry or to feel sad or even have fears it does mean though that i'll be more able to embrace my light and shine it on the world which brings me to my final quote which comes from educator maurice freehill who said who is more foolish the child who is afraid of the dark or the man who is afraid of the light Well, folks, I'll keep shining my light, no matter what. And hopefully by the time I really get old, I'll be as young as I ever was. Hmm. Stew on that. I'll see you next week.